1: Hi, I'm Nikki, your host for this episode. What would happen if you let go of control and embrace life no matter what comes your way? Serendipitous moments have the power to shape your destiny. Meet Anik Gottlieb, CEO of Belgian Boys, who shares how a fortuitous seating arrangement on a plane ride from Belgium to New York led to meeting her husband, building a multi-million-dollar company, and becoming the proud mama of two adorable boys. Anik was born in Belgium, studied fashion design, and then worked at fashion houses in New York. After meeting Greg, she stepped away from the world of fashion and stepped into entrepreneurship full-time. Today, Anuk leads a passionate team dedicated to creating joy for customers and spreading sweetness in people's lives. Her leadership has fueled the exponential growth of the company, brought in high-profile investors, and gained recognition as one of the fastest-growing companies on the Inc. 5000 list. Anuk is on the mission to turn up the happy, one sweet moment at a time. Belgian Boys is in the business of fun, offering a delicious assortment of breakfast, sweet treats, and desserts available in 5,000 stores and online. Anuk believes that the key to joy is to embrace the journey and trust that the timing of your life, knowing that the universe has your butt. Visit imbeyondbearers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Anuk.
2: Hi Anouk. welcome to the show. I'm so thrilled to have you on the Beyond Barriers podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's dive right in because you've got an amazingly inspiring story, and so much that our audience is going to be uh, really thrilled and excited to learn from you. Um, so let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about um, your, you know, uh, company and uh, what it's about, and then we'll dig deeper into how you got there.
3: Yeah, so Belgian Boys is uh, is really our story. We are a happy brand. We make waffles and sweets and treats to make people smile because you know what? Like life is hard, and it's gotta t- you've gotta make it easy with with the things we put in our, our, our in inside us, and uh, and then really it's our story. Uh, it's the nostalgia of when we grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg, uh, Greg started the business, moved to Brandeis and for himself was bringing treats that he grew up with to enjoy. And his American friends in the dorms were like, oh, my God, this is good. Where can I find it? And he was nowhere to be found. He's like, maybe there's an idea or something Mm. I need to bring in. And at the end, he was just bringing suitcases back every time he was traveling to Belgium to come to America with waffles and chocolate and caramel (laughs) and all these kind of sweets. Uh, And that's really how it started. Yeah, that's that's uh, I love
2: the idea of just spreading joy and happiness and, uh, you know, bringing uh, sweetness into people's lives. But it's such a fortuitous beginning, right, of just trying to solve a problem for yourself and then being able to spread that joy with so many other people. But uh, how did you and Greg meet? What's that story?
3: So um, Greg really is the, well, we both, oh, well, I'm sorry, it's, our story is like really long, but I'll do it in very short. Um, I met a guy in a plane from Belgium to New York uh, and um, that guy was Greg. And, um, he and so was you're both my, from Belgium
2: uh, originally?
3: Yes. So we're both from Belgium originally and um, we're actually from the same community. Uh, we uh-huh. deferred five years. So we went to the same high school, but we deferred five years. So we didn't know each other, but we knew like of. And then we were in the same plane. I went to New York for to pursue a career in fashion. And yeah. Greg was in the same plane as me. And that moment really did change my life. Um, and yeah, <laughs> And here
2: you are building a company and, and a life here together. We are, right? <laughs>
3: here we are, you know, I'm like, I, uh, it's like, the, for me, it's like my American dream. You know, I met the guy, uh, we moved in after, and then now we have a company and we have two kids and we live in Brooklyn and that's, that's our story. But, you know, my, yeah. my background is fashion design. I yeah. helped Greg at night. While I was working in on you know forty seven forty second Avenue Fashion Forty Second Street Fashion Avenue, Um, I was making dresses in the day, and at night I was helping Greg to make the logo, to design the story behind the brand. Because you can't just put a waffle in a wrapper on the shelf. I was like, we gotta make clothes for them. Yeah, we gotta (laughs) tell the story, design the brand, and that's really what we did in those early days. And um, very fast. I left fashion and, and pursued this uh, full-time.
2: Wow. Well, and and uh, tell us where the company is today. You know, it's it's been, what, seven years? Um,
3: tell us about, you know, the success of the company today. So today we are in 5,000 stores. Wow. Uh, we are um, at national retailers like Walmart, Target, uh, Kroger, Costco. We... We're a team of five just before the pandemic. Today, we're a team of 20 of amazing, talented people that are just, I mean, it's fun to work around. Uh, And we just raised our first institutional capital um, this year. So we finally can, you know, we've been a bootstrap business for the past seven years. We've been learning about what what it is that we're doing. Figuring Mm -hmm. it out and taking those small wins and and scaling it um, over the last seven years, uh, really digging into our consumer and now um, really we have we haven't scraped the surface of what we're going to do. So I'm excited about the future too.
2: Absolutely. So um, I want to go back to that moment where. You know, you made the decision to switch from, or from being a career in fashion, which is what you were doing, and uh, helping with Belgian boys on the side, to becoming the CEO of this company and leading its growth and success and leading the team, and you're an incredibly inspiring leader. Um, what would you describe your superpower as? How did you
3: figure out what that was? It's interesting. I don't know if it's one, uh, one really one thing, um, but um, you know, I, I was in this passion industry and, and I used to love to design. But honestly, it, it became quite a toxic work environment where I was. Mm-hmm. And I remember I got engaged, I was the <laughs> happiest girl in the world. And I wasn't expecting it. And and I just went back to the office. And five days after I came back to this office, and I was getting back to my self and mm-hmm. in, a, in, in a not happy way. And, you know, you start bringing that at home as well, your mm-hmm. complaints at work. And I was like, this can't be happening. Like I just got. Yeah. How am I like a week later feeling this way? Yeah, and that's when I knew I stepped into the office, my resignation, and I said I do not want to in an environment that makes me feel unhappy. And going forward, that is not something I want to ever be in a position again. Mm. Um, and then I, lo- I joined. Um, I joined Greg, and I. Came in as doing marketing, head of marketing. I mean, I opened the Instagram page, did the logo, uh, mm-hmm. did packaging, did, did did a bunch of stuff, right? And uh, I think very early on, we we really noticed what each other strengths and weaknesses are, Greg and I. Mm-hmm. And I really more had the CEO skills. Greg is a true visionary entrepreneur, and I see how we take all of that narrow it down and just go with it i think my creative Mm -hmm. background i never started business so i think my creative background gives it uh if you call it a superpower just a different view on things Mm -hmm. i see a piece of paper and then i see a pen and from that i used to have a dress you know or have Mm -hmm. a garment that's fully made i think I, i i have the ability to think about business in a creative way because of my background i'm not bound to what i learned in business school and i Mm. think that just gives me a different approach i lead with my gut with what i see is right for me and i ask a lot of questions to people Mm. around me Um, i'm a learner and i love i love that so i think that just you know know your weaknesses and ask around uh, and get the support around you for, for that
2: and it really breaks the mold of this belief that, you know, to build a business or to be CEO, you have to come from a certain background and experience. Um, and it almost seems like you and Greg have, uh, you know, like swapped in some ways, right? Like he's the business guy, but he's leading innovation and creative stuff. And you come from a creative space, but you're leading the business. And, you know, the complementary set uh, makes it all even better. So, uh, yeah, it I, is quite, quite ironic. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I uh tell, tell us about like you know, the when you actually stepped into building the business and and for both of you, right? Because you're not only married and committed to this business, but you have uh, a young family, two young boys, um, you as. Uh, a mom and the CEO and all of that. Uh, What were some of the scariest moments where, you know, did you ever face self-doubt and fear that, gosh, can I really figure this out? And, and, you know, in those moments, how did you overcome that?
3: Oh my God, there were so many scary moments, you know, being a bootstrap business, I think most of the scary moments for us was just like, Hey, we're going to run out of cash. And, yeah. you know, we got in our business to where it, where it is. We got in our business to eight digits in revenue with really bootstrapping. Like we had an Amex, we had a visa, we had line of credit. We had that name it. We got it. We were super capital efficient and a lot of times it's like hey like we have lots of receivables but we have payables we were in a very uh we had a lot of moments that were like well, i mean how are we going to pay our suppliers mm-hmm. we have ten thousand dollars in the bank account and we're like what are we gonna do and i think it's just believing in yourself in those moments uh, knowing what you want i think a strong thing for for us is yes we i do work with my my spouse and I think in choosing your business partner, um, Mm -hmm. the alignment in choosing an outside capital is also that right. But our vision for life and our vision for business, the same, we're aligned. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I think with co-founders, you... You start a business when you're in college and you're both motivated and one yeah. goes off to get married, has kids, the other one says, oh, I work more than you. Like, we don't have that. We know yeah. what our goals are in life and we know what, and, and, and business is part of our life. That's how we yeah. see life balance. You know, a lot of people talk about work and life balance as if it's to think my view, my beliefs and philosophy on it is that work is a part of our life work is a huge part of our life and it's up to us to make it into a happy pl- a happy part mm-hmm. to make it into a fun environment something that that you want to go to every day because you're passionate about it because it is what you love to do it's what makes you feel purpose and yeah. fulfilled and you know i I wouldn't be a good mom to my kids if I didn't feel that I do something that gives me purpose where I see that mm. growth in my career. But it's the same. If I don't come home with these hundred thousand of kisses from my munchkins, I <laughs> feel like I'm not a good, a good business leader because I need both. And, and, and yeah. I see it really as a blend and it is not two parts. It is yeah. our life and making it. But, uh, there were a lot of scary moments and there will still be. And yeah. I, I think it's just, you know, I, uh, one thing that perhaps we used to do early on and, and we learned that that's absolutely not the thing to do Is You sometimes like, you know, you want to just go under the cover, like under <laughs> your bed and, you know, when you go out, everything's going to be best. You know, everything's going to be gone and like the situation is going to be fixed. And that's not the thing to do. You've got to, I think, avoid the stress stress avoid like the screaming and the like freaking out about the situation and say okay this is the situation we are facing this is the challenge we can argue about this for three days or we can prioritize see what our options are what Mm -hmm. are we what can we do in this situation to make this challenge into an opportunity yeah and um there were a lot of those yeah
2: Yeah, and and the more you grow, uh, the bigger the challenges get. So, you know, they never go away. I think it's how you uh, handle it that turns those obstacles into opportunities. So, uh, you know, something else you mentioned about uh, being building a business with your spouse, you're always thinking about. You know, it's it's so much a part of your life, right? There's no separation of work and life, um, you know. And we have similar situations where we're building things with our spouses. Uh, there was an interesting comment that uh, I heard from someone who said every business needs a moat, right? Like, what's your competitive moat um, that uh, makes you invincible against the competition? And he said that you know for Spouses that build businesses together, that is the biggest moat. because unlike your competitor, you know, there are co-workers, but you are thinking about it 24-7, You're constantly solving the problems. Um, and, and that makes you more powerful in the end because of the level of dedication.
3: I mean, I, I completely agree with that, you know, and, and it is by us also a family affair. Like Liam yeah. is four years old. The other day he goes in an elevator and he's like, hi, my name is Liam Belgian boys. What's your name? And I'm like, oh my God, he, <laughs> he, thinks <laughs> he thinks his last name is Belgian boy. You know, he puts stickers on the boxes. I ask him to help. He's like his friends think like, you know, he's Every waffle they see it, thinks it's Liam. Like that's, he's like, I'm like, we make waffles. Like that's what yeah. we do. Yeah. And, Does he do um, taste testing? Does he, he get to approve the products? Oh, oh, all of them. Like he is our biggest taste tester. There is not one product that, of innovation that Greg doesn't run by, by uh, both of our kids.
2: <laughs> that's wonderful. Yeah. Because that is truly like the best way to know, right? Because if they love it, it's unfiltered opinion. Uh, you know, that's not exactly. to be, yeah, that's awesome. Um, our consumer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I'm super excited about uh, trying out the new French toast. Uh, I'm a big French Dose fan, so I can't wait to get that. Um, so, you know, the journey of entrepreneurship um, is also a journey of self-discovery, right? Like through this process, you learn so much about yourself because you get tested in so many ways and you realize what you're really built of. And, um, but it, on the uh, flip side, you also have to learn very fast, Uh, the only way to stay ahead of your business is to be learning faster than your business. You've described yourself as a lifelong learner. Um, Tell me, uh, you know, what are some of the habits or uh, methods that like, what drives your learning? How do you go into spaces you know nothing about uh, and instead of being fearful, embrace that and master it?
3: You know, I was grown i was uh, brought up, up in an environment where i mean we did see entrepreneurship my father was an entrepreneur greg's grandpa was an entrepreneur um and i think we grew up both in households where it was like always asking for questions always asking for help um mm-hmm. asking for help is not weakness in my opinion i think mm-hmm. it's all about knowing who to ask for help for and that's a huge strength You start, Mm. you approach a new situation instead of thinking, okay, how are we going to resolve this? I immediately go with who can I ask Mm. for help that can bring me in the right, the good direction to kind of give me a run through, like what is it that I'm going to have as roadblocks? And then I approach the situation. So I think it's a different mindset of, okay, who can really help me here to get Mm -hmm. to where I need to be. Um, Another thing is in, in my daily habit so we I was um I was introduced to mindfulness actually during the pandemic I you know, two years ago talked to me about mindfulness I would be like waste of time who has time for that I certainly does, don't um I was actually tricked into a session and it was the best thing in our life um changed my life it is something I embrace it is something that I Brought into my everyday, I practice gratitude every day. I journal gratitude. It gives me a different perspective on the things that I do. And the way I approach things in life. Um, Mm -hmm. I have executive coaching. Something that also I was like, who needs that? Well,
2: Mm
3: -hmm. I'm addicted. Like that's how Mm -hmm. I start my Monday morning. 9 a.m. That's my first meeting. And that's how I approach the week. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's something that's into my routine that I think every entrepreneur should embrace mm-hmm. Support yourself with people that are like, that are there for you, that are your cheerleaders and that, you know, that, that want to help you make yourself better.
2: Yeah. And self-care as well. Right. So taking care of yes. yourself allows you to give, uh, more to the world. Um, so, yes. um, it, um, um, Let's dig into a little bit more specifics around being a mom. You know, um, you are running a very large business that is super high growth. uh, And congratulations on the AING 5000 recognition and one of the fastest growing companies. Um, You are running the business with your husband and you have two boys under the age of five. Uh, That sounds daunting. And that could seem daunting to a lot of people who, must think like, how do you do it? How do you figure it all out? Um,
3: what's what advice would you give? Get support that's one you know, you can't do everything by yourself, like, we can't, we leave uh, our, our parents live on other continents like we don't mm-hmm. have the luxury of having grandparents that can come so we do have help we have a, an amazing nanny that we could never you know we i i, I couldn't do it out right mm-hmm. and in the beginning i think when we had liam he was just born i was like yeah we can do everything i remember when liam was born i was breastfeeding he was in our office we had a crib in our office we were in in the, the we works at that time and yeah. He was there every single day until he was three months old. And, and I was like on conference calls with a newborn and, and our team was like strolling him down to make him fall asleep. And then at one point we were like, okay, we need to get support. We need to get help because I can't do everything. You're a human. And I think it's understanding where, what are the things that you need to give in to be a good mom. I need to feel amazing at work in order to come home and to be with my little, with Liam and Josh and be present in that moment. Mm-hmm. I decide to work um, from 8.30 to 5.30. I know that after that, I'm with the kids and I turn off my phone and I am devoted to that time with them. I look forward to it and they look forward to it. The weekends is a time I really look forward to. Um, but you can't be everything and I think putting Mm -hmm. those stress on yourself that guilt I have it a lot of times but you're always gonna have it right you're gonna have it when you miss important meetings because you need to be there for your kids and you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have it when you you miss a a school a school event because you gotta be at somewhere so I think don't beat yourself up for those Mm -hmm. moments yeah and yes make sure that you you have like that because at the end of the day also if you think about those those kids you're the center of their universe whatever you do you're their center like and it doesn't need to be complicated it's like take the time and read a book with them and that's what they love you know and and i think what we're trying to do is really build them have them be into these good humans and they see Mm -hmm. what we do they see that mommy works hard and daddy works hard and they are like mommy i'm proud of you and <laughs> like, that warms my heart it does but liam he gets it he's four and a half and he really gets what we're doing and he's he's enjoying to be a part of it but yeah, yeah it's hard i mean the pandemic we had i mean Joshi was like four months old we didn't have help at that time Because, Mm -hmm. well, no one could could be anywhere. And we had the business that was, I don't know what's going to happen. We had the team. That was, I think, the first six weeks of the pandemic were the hardest weeks. Honestly, It was just like, oh, everything collapsed. Everything collapsed. I have no idea how we made that through that. I I really don't know. (laughs)
2: Yeah. But don't you find that sometimes just having an attitude of, optimism and just working through all of that uh, everything eventually works out you know you find a way Um, you know Mm -hmm. that's why the attitude matters so much
3: yeah and and I do think that becoming a mom uh, for me personally it gave me a different perspective on everything that I do it's like okay I I maximize my time like really efficiently now because I don't have the luxury of, you know, not doing it. It's like ruthless prioritization, right?
2: Like you don't have time to waste. So only the most important things get your focus, which is the
3: best productivity anyway. Correct. And you do get these hacks, right? Like all of a sudden there's these hacks and like, okay, this is routine, right? Like we wake up at this time, we go down, you dress, you dress, you, like you, you become into this routine. And when something goes wrong with the routine, it's like, <laughs> okay, how do we, <laughs> um, how do we uh, pivot here? But yeah. uh, you have to, you really have to. And, and you know, don't beat yourself up um, when it doesn't go according to plan. Yeah. And get help and be afraid to ask for help so. and get help 100 yeah. percent. get help you can't do it on your own because you're not going to be the person i mean in my you know for my for my I, I i wouldn't be i wouldn't be that that person yeah yeah
0: what if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the beyond barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age. So you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to com slash quiz and take the quiz today.
2: So uh, speaking of health, um, you know, you bootstrapped the business for seven years and just closed on your first round of outside capital and a very large round. So congratulations first of all. Um, that is puts you in a very tiny percentage of female founders worldwide who not only have a very large company, but have also raised a very large round of investor capital. Um, just by virtue of that experience, you know, there's perspective and insight you've gained from that. Could you share that with someone who's listening to this and thinking gosh the odds are against me because so few female founders get money or get investment or scale up their businesses even Uh, what can they learn from you
3: yeah um it was our first time raising greg and i knew in 2021 it's the first like we this this was the year we had to raise because we've we've gotten those like wins and now to scale up you know Mistakes become more expensive, and maybe somebody can guide us through that. Uh, you know, not minimizing minimizing what we've done, but you know, building a business from zero to to where we're at right now, like been there, done that, and now we know that what it takes to go through that next hurdle of growth. Mm-hmm. We need to have that support. We need to have those advisors. That's what we need to have that strategicness around us and Mm -hmm. we knew that that's what's what was coming for our business to to just be better prepared for that next phase in growth um and i remember we just literally started doing a list we started doing a list of everyone we knew and where we wanted and who was our like topics and it was a pretty um stressful year um we Mm -hmm had uh, we at one point had had a a term sheet that we really before it went through we decided um that we did we didn't want to proceed there and we had to get another loan because we had just not gone through with that capital that we had secured um for us alignment was the biggest Mm -hmm. biggest word um we needed to make sure that the people that came into our round were people that that want the same things for the business as us, that believe mm. us can also Greg and I had one like one kind of a, it's kind of a silly room, but we said it's gotta be people we can have dinner with two nights in a row and still wanna go with a third night, you know. I think yeah. often people are just like, I'm gonna raise capital, I'm gonna raise capital. And you the first outside funding—it's so important, and it shouldn't be taken lightly. I think because mm-hmm. e- you're really getting married, so yeah. you gotta make sure that that partner that you're bringing into your business—that's going, you know, to change the way you do things. There's just all of a sudden a different party in your yeah. business. You gotta make sure that you have the same goals and that you see the same. The way of operating the business. Yeah. Um, and so we have amazing angel investors in our round. And then Equilibra as well. Daniel Lubetsky is my role model. He has an amazing team behind yeah. him there. I mean, Kindbar came up in so many conversations when we were growing our yeah. um, our company as, as like an example of how to do things, mm-hmm. and so uh, his personal values, his personal missions are things that I really hold dear to my heart. Yeah. And so it was, uh, but it was completely by you know coincidence. I I want to say that that's you know we we gotten to know. It. It's actually one yeah. investor that passed on the opportunity that said, "Let me introduce you to uh, Daniel's team." Um, so and and that happened. I think. Yeah. The one advice I would give is, you know, I I started this and I think it it became easier as I was pitching more because it's new, right? You pitch, um, you know, in the beginning I was like sharing the deck on the screen and going over every single slide and that lasted for like 53 minutes and I'm like, that's not going to work out. Then I was... Do you send the deck in advance or do you send the deck after you talk? Yeah. Then I got my method of what works. Um, at the end, I was just like doing a conversation and sending the yeah. deck after. So sending the samples before, conversation, and then next. So yeah, we, we weren't like you get a hang of what works for you. I think the yeah. biggest learning i had of this whole year uh of of kind of approaching and then raising is to be authentic to be yourself i think that yeah. the features that didn't go successfully was either when there wasn't alignment or i was just not trying authentic yeah. i'm not yeah. um and embracing who you are mm-hmm. showing it like this is me this is our business yeah and If you want in, like, this is your opportunity to join our company, right? Like, how do you think about that? Mm -hmm. Same as you approach somebody, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you you hire people, right? A lot of you hire people. Mm -hmm. And and what do you look for when you interview somebody? You look for them to ask specific questions. Like, you know, somebody that doesn't have questions. Why is that? Like all of these things, I think you should compare it with your own questions. Because Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that the way they answer these questions, the investors align with how you would approach these challenges or questions or opportunities.
2: Yeah. Well, you and I have had very similar approaches and timelines for a fundraise. And, uh, you know, I couldn't agree more with everything you described because that's, uh, you know, it's being, first of all, extremely clear about your own values and your non-negotiables and your standards. If you don't know that and you just go from a place of desperation to say, well, I just need to like get capital. So, whoever is willing to write me a check, that's it. I'm so relieved because you're trying, it's almost like you're trying to escape another situation, right? Like you're trying to escape not having enough capital. So, you'll accept from whoever. But being very clear about your standards and that partnership and really thinking long term. You know, I love your rule of, can you have dinner the third night? Because that really speaks to, would you actually enjoy being friends and co-founders and partners together? Uh, And when you are clear about that, I think it raises your confidence. And um, instead of feeling like you're, you know, desperate for something, you go in with that clarity and confidence and make the right decision
3: yes yes for sure but it's uh it's it's a long road especially the first one i think and i'm happy about the journey i went through because i met people that made me feel not who i am and i know Mm -hmm. now how to deal with that kind of situation or how i would approach that situation or meeting these kind of people too so you really learn it just like this whole and like seven years of building a company, you learn all the time. Um, I I learned from that experience so much and I am very excited to have my role model as my partner and I'm still like, pinch me how this happened, right? Um, So it's very exciting and I'm very grateful for that.
2: Congratulations to you uh, and your entire team and everything that Greg and you started and built thus far. Uh, You know, it's it's. A lot of big things to come from this point on, but it wouldn't be possible if you hadn't persevered for this long. Um, you know, your uh, you know giving back has been very core to the company mission and culture from the very beginning. And uh, I also think it's so innovative and creative in the ways in which you have introduced giving back programs. And, but uh, what has been the ethos driving that? Because uh, it doesn't seem like a marketing ploy. It comes across truly authentic. And that's why even the partnership with Kind
3: and with Daniel is, uh, you know, such a great match. I think it's imprinted in who we are as people. It's just something we saw, again, going back to our homes. But where we grew up, something we saw very front and center, like you are here because people gave, um, we are also yeah. you know second. Uh, third generation. My, my my grandparents and and Greg's grandparents were Holocaust survivors, and that from the education, from everything we saw at home, that gave us you know pe- people gave, and that's why yeah. I'm here. We are yeah. we're lucky to be alive, and and mm. and that came into everything that was at home. From you know the way we ate dinner, the way we we approach family situations, it, it was really imprinted in us. And uh, I mean yes, like it's a part of why we have a business for us. Yeah. It's just like spreading this happiness. Like everybody yeah. should enjoy that. And our product is just fun. It's easy, and it comes very natural to what we do. It's not just okay. We don't give a check because we want to like mm-hmm. check box to donate money. It's like okay, we launch the mustache of cookies. We yeah <laughs> a selfie with the mustache and then actually in the beginning when we launched that product we were like okay let's partner up with a charity and bring proceeds there and then we got this answer from charities like oh you got to commit to donate at least x amount of dollars a year and we're like well that's weird a we're a tiny company we can do that and b that kind of goes against what we believe in to have to commit to this amount of that uh, even if we want to give like ten dollars like that's what we can do so mm-hmm. we were like why not include our community our customers into where we give and so every mm-hmm. month our customer uh takes selfie with our mustache shape cookies nominate the charity of their choice for part of our proceeds and uh, we get the chance to partner up with associations from like the Alzheimer Foundation to a local Mm -hmm. dog shelter um, or saving sea turtles. like really a variety of causes that our our community holds dear to their hearts. And and it brings back to that happiness of our consumer and and our brand. And actually, that's just something we really want to amplify as we grow because we haven't done, you know, we're not doing enough. But but
2: you're also doing it in such a joyful way, right? And and giving is the greatest joy. And, uh, you know, the the stash campaign is super cool. It's so well done. So uh, anyone listening to this, you know, uh, where can they go so they can be part of that and, you know, join in?
3: yeah so if you're listening in uh listening from the us uh we're available nationwide in the stores or you can find us um at on amazon or on our website uh and get a product and um, let me know what you think i love feedback when people buy our products it's uh the products are great especially the french toast
2: <laughs> uh, okay so let's dive into the lightning round
3: question so um, so what book has greatly influenced you? A book, uh, The Infinite Games by Simon Sinek. Ah. Love that book. It changed the way I look at, at everything. You know, success is not the end game. Success is the journey you're on. Enjoy mm-hmm. the journey. It's like a lifelong adventure that we're on mm. and it changed everything. Wow. Uh, what's your favorite inspiring quote? What doesn't kill you makes you makes you stronger. Uh, We've lived through that for two years. (laughs) So many.
2: Uh, What is a a moniker you'd use to describe
3: yourself? I think a happy happiness spreader.
2: There you go. Yeah.
3: Uh, Um, Happy.
2: What is a a habit or a a change that you implemented that made the biggest difference?
3: Mindfulness. Bringing that into my life has changed who I am. Mm -hmm.
2: And then um, imagine you're walking onto a stage. What's the power song you would want playing?
3: Dancing in the Moonlight. (laughs) love that song. Love that song. It's actually the song I listened before I went on to any pitch. It's just like it puts me in my mood. I love it. I get happy vibes and I'm just like dancing. Well, Anuk,
2: it was so great to have you on the show. You are a truly joyful person and uh, your brand and your business is bringing that into every home and spreading joy with families. So thank you for uh, everything you do and how you lead and the beautiful world you're building. Uh, I can't wait for our audience to not only learn from this episode, but enjoy all your products and uh, support you in your community. Thank you for uh, being here.
3: Thank you so much, Nikki. I am so glad that we sat next to each other at a dinner. And that, uh, you know, now we're, we're, I'm talking to you and I'm on your podcast and I'm like, Wait, what? And uh, I'm super grateful. And I mean, you and Monica are amazing and uh, the company you're building. And uh, thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, And we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.